Hello, and welcome to Go for Bronze, episode 41. On this week's show, we talk about PlayStation Plus adding movies to its selection. We also say goodbye to our good old friend, Jim Ryan, and the PlayStation 5 Slim redesign is announced for this holiday season. I'm Joel Torres, and as always with me is my co-host, Mark Ace Acevedo. Hello, hello. I uh, with the Jim Ryan thing. I know, obviously, Jim Ryan was the CEO or current CEO of PlayStation. But just saying, like goodbye to our friend Jim Ryan. I don't know anyone in like real life that goes by Jim. Well, technically, his name is James because we learned that James is Jim. Yeah, but James doesn't <laughs> go by Jim. Our James, our James does not go by Jim. But this Jim does. I think James Ryan sounds also way cooler than Jim Ryan. Yeah, I think that's true too, but he's also a British, so he's already at a disadvantage. He is also at a disadvantage. Hey, Jim. Hey, Jimmy boy, get over here. Sit on my lap. Tuesday, You're running yeah. PlayStation? I don't know why he's doubling up with that. Why he's doubling up on what? Being British the, and having a bad name? You know, you can't control everything, Mark. You know, you gotta, you can't. Pick, you gotta pick a struggle. He was born that way, all right? Just like right at the beginning of the show, before the show, I mentioned I'm in the best shape I'm ever going to be in, and you reminded me that the best shape that I was in was like 10 years ago. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but to be fair, you were like really good shape. So it's like also it's kind of weird that you said that. And I was like, I mean, you were like, you know, like a semi-Olympic shape. Yeah, that's true. That's a compliment. I appreciate that. Just talking about if there's some kind of collapse. I hope it happens soon because I'm in good shape. But you're right. I was in better shape, and that is a compliment. Yeah, I mean, we are fucked if the world does come to an end in Florida, though. E, I mean, water-wise, absolutely. I don't mean water-wise. I mean society. Everybody here has a gun. It's going to be like fucking Walking Dead in three seconds here. Mm, I agree with that. But I don't know if Florida's as bad as everyone says it is. From travel, not just from hearsay. I don't think it's as bad as people say it is. To all you non-Florida listeners. Uh, it's not... <laughs> it's, there's not alligators here walking in the street, just punching people and biting them. But, uh, you know, I mean, there's certain parts. Obviously, it gets a little grimy. You live in Orlando, so that's a that's a very nice. That's like the. It's the liberal enclave within Florida. So it's the society there. You see the alligators the just walking on like land and stuff. And I'm like, you wouldn't know without like AI pictures and shit. I don't know if you've seen the. Rick Ross. Yeah, you seen that, right? Fighting the alligators. Yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> so that's what I'm saying. Where it's like you might not know anyway. You know how dumb my my brain is. It took me like ten seconds to realize it was fake because I was like, "Damn!" I was like, "Damn!" Rick Ross out here fucking up alligators. I don't know why in my mind I was like that makes sense though. You know, like him just kung fu kicking a fucking alligator. I feel like it's out of context enough that I'm like, I don't know what he's up to these days. That's what I'm saying. I don't know what he's doing, but he also looked a lot fatter than he was in real life. Yeah, that's true too. Because he was—he looked like he was like 700 pounds in that, which I think like he's—he's he's around like 350 now. <laughs> you know his exact weight. It's exact 352 and 0.8 ounces. But uh, yeah, no, I don't. If he falls over, he's only like a category one earthquake, not a category six. You know, I've never been in an earthquake. I haven't either, and I really don't want to be in one. <laughs> yeah, I really, don't, <laughs> I really don't want to be either. I mean, hurricanes are like shitty, but I've never been in a hur- uh, in a earthquake almost had a stroke jesus christ my mom was actually in an earthquake when she was a child i was gonna say was she okay but like obviously she was okay yeah she was she's fine she dug it out but it was in chile i believe that's cool and and then she it was cool because she survived but she was like yeah she's like everything just like started shaking and like you just see cracks in the streets and it's like not fun and i'm like yeah that doesn't sound Mm -mm. doesn't sound like a good time at all 
There was a recent one, actually, I think in uh, Morocco. And uh, mm. hopefully if you're out there in Morocco listening, hope you're doing okay. But there was a pretty like a seismic earthquake. And seeing mm. the videos of it just like being in your room and just watching everything shake. I'm like, that sounds terrifying. But there was also a video of a guy that just grabbed his PS5 and was out in the middle of the street. And I was like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta protect take your priorities. Exactly. It makes me think of maybe not seeing videos exactly of like earthquakes, but have you ever seen videos on cruise ships when they start to get off balance and everything just slides back and forth? That makes me never want to get on one. That looks really rough. I never want to get on a cruise ship, honestly, to begin with. I feel like this topic comes up pretty frequently, not just like yeah. in the household, but just in general, where people are like, oh, that sounds like a fun, nice thing to do. And I'm like, that's... In Florida, it's a real big thing. I think I, other people probably don't have it, but like, it's not uncommon for like your friends to just take a weekend trip on a cruise randomly here. Because mm. like, we have two major ports, the one on Tampa, the one on the East Coast, too, and Port Canaveral. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't like cruises at all. They're not fun. They are really anxiety inducing when you think about it. You're just in the middle of fucking nowhere in a big boat. And do you know how they keep that? Ba- you know how the boats keep balance? No, I don't. They like allow water in the bottom of it. So that mm. way, like, that's why it matches the like the like the waves. So there's a little bit of water in the boat already that like keeps it like afloat and like stable. And, and then it's like draining and sucking in the air. I saw this really creepy video where it was like, uh, um, I, I don't know. It had this weird, my TikTok algorithm is fucked. It's kind of depressing, which is mm-hmm. upsetting because I don't always want it to be like depressing. So I don't, but it's good because I don't stay on the app long. But it's this guy gets sent random things where it's like, oh, wow, like, would you survive this? And it's like always like these crazy, like death situations. And it was like this, like empty, it looked like an empty room, like in a dark pool with like water being super, you know, rough and shit. But he was like, oh, no, this is like the ba- bottom of a fucking cruise ship. And it has like aerated water, so you actually can't float in it, and you're denser than the water. So if you got caught in that water, you just sink and drown and die. Okay. But that's what keeps cruise ships afloat. Yeah, I was gonna say I know that it's somewhat of an irrational fear too, because whenever somebody else gets on a cruise ship, I'm never worried for their safety. I'm just like, yeah, they'll be good. They'll come back. Or maybe you don't give a fuck. I don't know if that's. <laughs> a, I think that's painting me in a pretty fucking negative light. But I think if I'm <laughs> stepping on it, that shit is sinking. Just like if I get on a plane, that shit's crashing. Yeah, I haven't I haven't done a plane since the pandemic, honestly, since before the pandemic. I haven't I haven't gone on a post covid plane. I've had good flights. I've had bad flights, but I've had good flights, too. Yeah, I feel like flying is something I can deal with a little bit more. But as my anxiety has gotten worse, it's kind of harder to the the idea to manage through that. It's when you medicate. It's when you got to get medicated. (laughs) That's when you just you just have funny, funny meals, you know, you have funny meals. You just pop a Zanny and you just fucking ride the plane out. But a but, cruise, I can't do that for a cruise because that's like multiple days. No, that's different. That's something that I've never yeah, experienced. And I don't know what. Yeah, I don't know how I would handle that. But I'm good on a cruise ship. I don't need it. Yeah. This is not a cruise podcast, ladies and gentlemen. This is a PlayStation podcast. Got to stretch the legs, though, right? Get uh, get acclimated. Say hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm chilling. Um, I'm actually in Orlando. It's funny because the last few times I've recorded, I have I've been everywhere except my actual apartment. Because the mm. last few ones were at Pam's parents. Now I'm at my parents because my my internet is boo boo. So I needed some good internet to record. But I'm gonna get that situation fixed hopefully next week, so I'll be able to do everything and operate out of my own apartment. But it was nice. Grab some dinner with the folks. Had an old fashioned. So you know, mm. I'm a little loose. Had an old fashioned, a little pizza, a little cheesecake. Mm. Did they I'm smoke the old-fashioned? They did not smoke the old-fashioned. I just asked for a regular one. I don't like the smoked. I feel like it's too much. 
But it was uh, the Bella, right? Yeah, it was that Bella Toscani. I thought, yeah, I thought that they always did the smoked. They don't always do the smoke, but, you know, if you ask for it, mm. they'll do whatever you like. Okay, well, <laughs> the old fashions are good. I feel like we haven't had old fashions in a hot minute. That used to be our, our thing, you know, just grabbing a couple old fashions and give each other old fashioned. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. I don't think that I, yeah, I don't go out for drinks as much. I think what has been happening recently, right, since October, Oktoberfest like events have been in full swing almost every weekend. I've gone to a couple of those. I went to one last weekend and I got like mm-hmm. a massive stein. It's like 30 ounces. I love it. I just like it's like in my kitchen like a fucking trophy. I don't know if I'll ever even use it, but it's just like it's like heavy to hold. Have you seen at Oktoberfest events they do like a contest where they fill up your stein full of beer and then you line up with a couple of other people and just hold it out and whoever can hold it the longest is like the winner? What the fuck? Because no, it's that so sounds mu- awful. It's so much beer. Yeah. Um, and the cup itself is heavy. Yeah, it's a yeah, giant glass mug. It's cool though. Uh so that's been fun. I always wanted to get a Stein. Mm. They look, they look fun. I used, I, I remember there was a period in my life where I did like deep research on Steins and where to get one, and I was like, oh yeah, if I ever got one, I'd get it. But they're pretty expensive. They're like a hundred bucks. Mm. Alex has you a know? dope one that's like ceramic. It's really cool. Nice, nice. Yeah. But then I always but... feel like that's too much too, because it's like more than like a beer. You have to put like three beers in there, and it's like you know, it's like, is this a problem? Who knows? I think that when you're at a fest like that, it makes sense. But at home, that's too much commitment. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's a lot of commitment to have a stein at your house. You're like, yeah, let's put 16 beers in it. And I'll finish it by noon. And you would look like a psychopath. Somebody coming home and you just have a full stein. <laughs> Bam came home from the middle of work. I was just like, I wish I was just drunk as fuck with a stein and my pants around my ankles. Why is that? I mean, you could just be drinking the stein. But the pants go around the ankles when you get a little drunk, don't they? I don't think so. That's just a me thing? I think that's just a you thing. All right, well, you know, tomato, tomato. That's true. It's each their own. So <laughs> this being a PlayStation show, we've got plenty to talk about. A lot of big news like we were teasing up at the top of the show. There's some hardware to talk about, some updates for certain games that we've been interested in and that might push us over the edge to try them. But first, we'll talk about what we've been playing. So if you would like to, to begin, what have you been playing? Um, so what I've been playing, not not much. I've been dibbling and dabbling in little games. You know, I, I've, I've hopped into AC3, Assassin's Creed 3, for those who don't know, is uh, the Revolutionary War one. <laughs> Me and Mark were talking about Assassin's Creed Mirage, but that definitely didn't hit the way we wanted it to. And also all the reviewers are basically like, it's like the old ones. So I was like, if it's like the old ones, I might as well just mm-hmm. I have access to the old ones for free. So like, let me just play this. If I like that, then maybe I get that. But that's been fun. I'm a slut for American history. So mm-hmm. it's cool to like be in that atmosphere, like revolutionary times and stuff like that. So it's kind of interesting, but I've only played like an hour or two. That's that's going to be the theme of this, of my what I've been playing. Everything I've played is for like an hour or two. So the same thing with Baldur's Gate 3. Dibbled and dabbled in that. that it's, it's fun. It's a game that I can tell is very well made. Mm. It has a lot of content to be explored and I can like, spend hours in it. I definitely know I could do that. But just right now, I don't know. It didn't it didn't click like it's like I'm going to like that's my main squeeze, but I'm going to keep on trying to persist through it. Mm. But and then the same thing with Cyberpunk restarted that, but didn't even get to the section where you actually get a gun. <laughs> so mm. I haven't done much in that in either of any of those games. Honestly, the game I've played the most was actually Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 of the beta this morning. Mm hmm. Put a solid like nice three four hours into that. 
And that and I thought that was pretty solid. I know you can definitely speak to that. You've definitely been getting a little a little brazy with the, the beta. Yeah, with so our boys. I was, I was uh so Call of Duty Next was last week. It was October fifth. And so that's the Call of Duty event where they kind of do a blowout each year to show multiplayer gameplay. Now they're doing Warzone gameplay and then they also did a deep dive into what's gonna be on offer for Modern Warfare Three Zombies, which is also dubbed <laughs> MWZ, if you just see that. So Moving forward this year, they won't be doing DMZ support. So DMZ, they have kind of already mentioned, like it will still be playable, but it will not be getting further support once season one of MW3 comes out. Zombies will be kind of like taking its place on that. And so seeing all of that information, they showed the new Warzone map, Urzikstan, which a couple of the like brief highlights that they mentioned are there will be horizontal zip lines. The trains that move throughout the map can now be stopped and controlled. So if you're Ooh. on the back of a train, you can flip a switch to hit like the emergency brake. And if somebody wants to get the train to go again, they would have to come to the back, pull up the emergency brake, or vice versa. If the train is already going at its regular speed, if you go to the front of the train, you can hit like a turbo and make it go even faster. So they were showing some dynamic stuff with that. There was a large number of people within the presentation that had their hands on the game playing warzone matches live so all that to say i was pretty excited with what i was seeing and i was convinced to be like all right i want to play this beta on playstation the first weekend was october 6th to the 10th so it did close or will close today but then the second weekend will open and that will be the early access period the first two days will be for playstation but the rest of it will be available for Xbox and place, uh, and PC users as well. So, right, back to the MW3 beta, back to the one-on-one me and you. So I did play it. I did really enjoy it. I got to the level cap for this first weekend, which was level 20. Your benefits of getting level 20 is like a blueprint, a charm, an operator skin. I think actually the operator skin might be when you hit 30 in the next weekend. So that will... Increase okay. the level cap. So you keep but... your level for the beta, and then it resets for the game. Correct. Right. It'll okay. this your progress from this weekend will carry over to next weekend, but that progress will not carry over into the game. So, for example, I've maxed out a few weapons. The one I primarily been using is the MCW, the first assault rifle. So that being maxed out, nasty. Yeah, it's really good. That <laughs> will not carry over. And something with the gameplay, which like I want to know what you thought about it. In the multiplayer standpoint, too, the base health is 150, so the TTK is a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. Did you enjoy that? I think it gave me opportunity to like get double kills more frequently, or at least like if I get shot on first, I'm not like immediately dead. Mm-hmm. So I definitely enjoyed the longer TTK. I mean, it's still pretty short for most, I think, shooters probably comparatively, but I think it's just long enough now. Uh, a lot of nostalgic feels with the maps and the way that you pointed out before I even started it when we were playing War on like Saturday that it starts off black and white, then colors are, color comes in just like originally it did. I think the numbers look very similar too when it's like plus whatever. It looks just mm-hmm. like it did in MW2. So um, I think overall the gameplay, the gameplay is a little bit slower in the ttk uh the speed kind of still feels like regular speed with your movement mm-hmm. and stuff like that i also do have like all the movement attachments or perks on and i do like how they broke perks down into like equipment mm-hmm. and it like makes sense it, does. it doesn't feel like confusing at all i agree they simplified and- their system and a lot better from i think than the other like especially modern warfare 2 i think it got a little crazy 
Well, an MW2 was weird because you would have to wait a certain duration within the match to mm-hmm. get your perks, which didn't, which never made a whole lot of sense. For the uninitiated who might be listening with first-person shooters, TTK is time to kill. So when we're saying like there's a slower TTK, that just means it, it takes more time to like kill an enemy. So they it almost feels balanced in the sense that they increase the base health lower the ttk but increase speed because now you can slide cancel you can reload mm-hmm. cancel you can mantle faster if you are doing a tax sprint which is where you're kind of running with your gun up and then you start to mantle that mantle will be faster than if you were just regular sprinting battle rage as a piece of equipment is something that will constantly refresh your tax sprint so there's a lot of different ways that you can be moving like crazy and like joel was saying the gear so now instead of perks it'll be like which gloves do you pick which boots do you pick that kind of stuff and that is more intuitive and makes more sense so i thought that i was gonna play it and just be like oh these maps are all old you know the nostalgia is not really hitting for me i'm gonna Mm -hmm. be like complaining i'm being an old man like i want them to make something new but then it kind of dawned on me that i was like oh these are really well designed that's exactly what i was thinking too i was like fuck i was like these maps are very intuitive and very like fun to actually play so Mm -hmm. it's like it's actually not a bad thing getting old maps because they're honestly i feel like better designed than modern maps in call of duty history yeah i agree and i think that maybe they still are but it didn't feel this way i know that a lot of times from behind the scenes developers will talk about when they create maps a lot of times they're three lane maps these Mm -hmm. maps might have been three lane maps but they didn't feel that way they're dynamic in the sight lines and that keeps everything very fresh where i feel like more modern maps have felt just like oh you're running down this long stretch of road or this one um i mean that would be very true with santa senna crossing where it's like literally just a highway with cars yes it's like it's cool in a in a to look at and it's pretty but it doesn't make a lot of sense to play and so yeah playing these old maps they are really good it's always weird to me that it's called MW3, even though it's MW2 maps. I know that me and Joel went to the day one or like the midnight launch of MW3 way back when. That was in 2011. 2011 mm-hmm. was MW3. So yeah, I'm interested for it. I think the beta is cool. I'm glad I, I mean, I'm glad I was playing it. And this weekend I didn't have much to do because Liz was up in Alabama. So I was just here chilling. Just grinding out. That's yeah, that's exactly what I was saying. I also thought Ground War was really fun, by the way, and it felt mm-hmm. like I don't know if it's a heavy statement to say, but when I was playing that, I was like, "Oh, Battlefield is done." I like even just that Ground War mode in terms of like the vehicles and tanks and APCs and like controlling the different points on the map. I was like, "Oh, this Ground War mode is really good." It's like I- comparable to like a Battlefield. And I felt like I'm not saying it's better than Battlefield, but I felt like that was what Battlefield's strongest point was, was those mm-hmm. large scale maps, a lot of vehicles. And I feel like if it gets surpassed in that, then I don't know how much of a fight it has in that competitive first person shooter scene. Yeah, I mean, Battlefield in general is kind of it's kind of in an interesting spot. I think Vince, uh, Vince Lampella said he's going to like kind of spearhead a new Battlefield and work behind it. So. Mm. that's interesting because obviously he has og call of duty chops with like the original modern warfares but uh the beta overall i thought was very good like you said what was your like favorite map out of because the, they only got skid row favela and estate right those are and rust. rust 
which I fucking hate that everybody always votes for Rust. Rust is not that good of a map. I hate those small maps mm, in general. I disagree. I don't think Nuketown <laughs> is as good as everyone thinks. In my personal opinion, though, I do love Rust. Rust is, but Rust is okay. I think it's just overall, I don't like it because I always know it's going to get selected and then get reselected. So you're going to play it back to back where it's like, damn, I just want to play like the other fucking maps. That's fair. I think my favorite map from this beta, I feel like it was a state. State? Mm-hmm. I think I like Skid Row a lot. I forgot. I forgot about Skid Row. But then as soon as I played, I was like, oh, shit, this is an iconic map, too. This is actually really well designed. I liked it. I did like Favela the least. Yeah, I kind of feel the same, which I was shocked because that, that's definitely a, a very popular one. I'm surprised they didn't have Terminal or Afghan. Maybe in the second beta, they'll I don't, have that. I feel like they wouldn't want to do Afghan because Afghan is also already in the Warzone map Almazra. Um, and so is Terminal, kind of. Kind of. It's like so, an expanded version of it. Exactly. So I'm like, I feel like that may be why they didn't want to go with those. Because they'd be a little bit too like samey, but on the nose. Overall, I think the beta is good. I'm sure that they will expand it with different maps and modes for this next weekend. The modes that were available were Hardpoint, Kill Confirmed, Domination, and TD, which I like the mm-hmm. mosh fit of just like the mix of them. Yeah, there's I hate also... when you play with randos though, and they don't play objectives and they just play yeah, everything I... like TD. I agree, but then you get sometimes you get like the people that are screaming at your team, which is awesome. Something that I was saying to joel is that we know that with this next iteration of call of duty they're going to be testing a kind of ai how do you say kind of like a like a sensor like a sensor like it'll be listening to you as you're saying it so if you start to get too fucking crazy like it'll hopefully censor you in real time that was not present in the beta at all for sure (laughs) that's like uh, i can definitively say that was not active yet they had not launched that so when people, people aren't playing wild play. of course people are wild and they're saying every word that they know but <laughs> it was i mean it was fun and i i agree it's with throwback that's how call of duty should be if you don't uh, play call of duty and you don't hear a slur are you really playing call of duty call of duty does get crazy with it though yeah they get too you know, creative I, i'm like if you were this creative <laughs> in your regular life you'd be going places you would be you should be writing some of this down though you know what for what like a, like a stand-up. They can do stand-up with it, you know? Mm, that's true. They what can go perform. It? Somewhere correct. Somewhere correct. I don't know if there is anywhere correct. That makes it sound like there's like a KKK place you could go to share your opinions. That's basically what you're saying. Like, yeah. Or you can go to just the Canadian Parliament, apparently. It makes me think of uh, Django. I always think about the scene oh. where they have the dude. That scene is so funny. Django is such a good movie. I think mm. I, that and Inglorious Bastards are definitely my favorite Tarantino movies. Inglorious Bastards is insanely good. So good. Well, okay, so we're we're talking about movies, right? Oh, well, I guess I got to talk about what I've been playing. Yeah, what else have you been playing? So, playing this, got we, some weird shit on here. We just all right. Well, yeah, uh, yeah, cute. Because I was playing Weird West, right? Yeah, that was good. Well, before <laughs> we get to that, before we leave MW three. I did want to briefly mention, because we didn't write it down as kind of like a big news piece, but I figured it'd be worth mentioning. X Defiant has been oh, reported yeah. to be delayed indefinitely. And they released a statement basically saying that, and I am summarizing here, but they were basically saying that they had some public play tests with it, and there are certain aspects of the game they would like to tune before they give it the full day one release to get the best first impression. So there is that I do want to say, keep in mind, there is also the side note that we know it has been delayed before because it failed certification. 
I'm not saying that that's the only reason, but I just want it to be clear that there are them wanting to delay it for quality, but also that they would have released it if they could have had it certified. So seeing this and playing the Modern Warfare 3 beta, I feel like the timing is kind of rough for them. I think it would have been nice to maybe get out before this had happened. Do you think that it will still come out? And if it does, when do you think it would come out? It will come out, I think, because it's already been playable on like PC and stuff like that. I do think now they can be a little more strategic and take their time because they already kind of missed their window to hit it beforehand. Mm. I think the best time probably not to release it would maybe be like a, I want to say February, but then there's so many big games coming out in February. But also, people who play those multiplayer games and people who play like the big story play story games are kind of different and also they fit different categories like even if you enjoy the big story games you can also enjoy a multiplayer game just on the side mm-hmm. but i think february because i feel like february is always a natural dip in the belief of call of duty you feel like every it comes out november december is crazy january you're like where the fuck's the new shit and then mm-hmm. february you're like fuck this game so they need, to, they need to release when everybody's like fuck call of duty Right now, it's a little bit of a positive buzz. I haven't really heard anything negative about the beta in terms of mm-hmm. feedback. So if they like, you know, launch strong, single player strong, zombie modes, you know, it isn't what we want, but it's it's entertaining, it's fun in some aspects. Then I think just I wouldn't really try releasing it in November or December at this point. I would just wait, polish it like they said they're going to do, and just kind of wait for a lull within the Call of Duty fan base. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. And then also, even though it's playable, I know that it can be dicey for competitive games, right? Uh, Sega's first-person shooter that was being made by the team that made Alien Isolation, Hyenas. Hyenas. That has been canceled. And while it hasn't been fully canceled, The Last of Us Factions seems like it's kind of on ice. I feel like we are hearing mixed signals about it. There's reports that some of the staff is kind of being placed on other projects at the moment so i don't know what the, the people they did fire is. were contractors though that's true and i think that there were so that's yeah that's good info for adding and then i think that the people that are still on it or some of the people that were on it that are permanent employees were shifted to other projects yeah so it's on ice is uh is what the word is mm-hmm. obviously we heard also the rumors earlier this year early this summer i think that uh, Bungie was kind of like, this is not meeting our standard for a live service game or is not having the, it's not, you know, it's not going to be a game that's your life. Mm-hmm. So therefore, it's not worth releasing. In so many words, yeah, I agree. That's definitely how it came off without further discussion. God forbid we just get a fun multiplayer game that we play for like a year or two. Yeah, just enjoy it, right? <laughs> it doesn't have to, to be your whole income. You could just have a good time so- with it. Since you brought that up, do you think that it's going to come out, A, mm. and B, do you think what is playable right now is good? I think that I don't know. I don't know the structure of what's playable. I've had extremely intimate interactions with the first factions. I played hundreds of hours of that multiplayer. I thought it was outstanding. And mm-hmm. I'm sure if they just took that, the bones of what they're making, I'm sure is great. I don't know what scale or scope they have it currently, but do I think it is playable? Yes. I feel like Naughty Dog probably takes a really long time to polish once it's complete. So I would mm-hmm. imagine it is playable. Do I think it will still come out? I'm leaning towards no. 
I feel like the fact that they haven't even shown it yet is not an indicator that they want to cancel it because they've spoken about how all pro and when I say they, I mean Naughty Dog specifically has spoken about how they want projects of theirs to be announced closer to release. So I don't necessarily think that them not showing it means they're getting rid of it, but I do think that means it's easier to because nobody really knows what it looks like. So if it is canceled, it'll it will feel like less of a loss, I think, to the community because nobody even knew what it looked like to begin with. Right now, I would bet that it doesn't come out. Yeah, I mean, I, it does really feel like that. And it's also, we've been seeing companies do this. We saw this with the hyenas as well. And we've seen this a lot in the movie industry where it's like, if they think a project's not going to succeed, they might rather just kind of cut it, delete mm-hmm. it, you know, not even release it, and then just like write off. I think they're able to write off like a third of like the production costs as opposed to losing more money than that if it releases and does poorly. Mm-hmm. Which I also don't think a Naughty Dog game can release and like not at least break even. I agree. Even if it's bad. I agree. And I, I, I mean, I totally agree. I think my hesitation there was just that, and this is maybe a little bit too tinfoil hat of me, right? I mean, I guess it's worth analyzing or discussing, but even though PlayStation bought Bungie, do you think that they're, I mean, would Bungie want another live service game being really successful? Like, how would that help them? Oh, you think they're trying to squash out competition? I don't think that that's the main goal, but I'm now considering, like, what if that is part of a possibility? I thought they were sleeper agents for Microsoft. That's what I was thinking. I was thinking that Phil Spencer is, like, paying them to, like, just, like, fuck with our shit. Actually? No. I don't think that's that's true at all. But, um... Uh, I don't I don't think Bungie would do that because they're all paid pretty well right now. I mean, they, mm, they yeah. you know, they're going to they got bought out and, you know, they got a million dollars or billion dollars is spent in retention alone and just keeping people at the company with bonuses and stuff like that. So I don't think that that's necessarily true. I just think that Naughty Dog and Bungie have two different ideas when they approach mm. games. Yeah. So I think that that's where it can be like a clash. And I think. I think internally the studios don't like Bungie and Mm. I think it's going to send the wrong message within the PlayStation family of Bungie's being the end all be all on studios Mm. projects. When you look at a studio like Naughty Dog, what is fucking what is Sucker Punch going to say to not like if not if Naughty Dog can get their project put on ice basically by Bungie's word. Which is what is what it, that's what the rumors are. We obviously don't know the full story. It may just be a fucking disaster mm. and it's not coming together at all, truly. But from what it looks like on the outside looking in, it looks like Bungie put the kibosh on Last of Us Factions. Naughty Dog, you would assume, is the most powerful studio, has the most pull. So it mm. kind of like is basically signaling that Bungie is now the new top dog within the Sony family and their third party. They're able to release their games wherever they want. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's. I think the ramifications in terms of like uh, the studios internally is more important than the actual game not even coming out. Mm, like yeah. the corporate espionage yeah. side of it. The, yeah, I mean, that's definitely fair. I think that it's just hard because, yeah, from a historical standpoint, it's hard to imagine a Naughty Dog project in shambles. I understand mm-hmm. a Naughty Dog project that is in quote-unquote development hell still comes out but they've talked before about how making uncharted 4 was really difficult they had to scrap and go back to the drawing board a lot or how developing two games at the same time was very difficult for them to do 
during while they were making what uncharted 3 and last of us so i yes i understand that they've gone through very difficult development cycles before but the end products have always been literally of the highest possible quality Mm -hmm. Um, not just saying that just because it's like a playstation show but like they genuinely just are very polished very very good so that's I think they're regarded as like one of the best studios in the world right now. I agree. Even with The Last of Us 2 having like shaky sure. uh, reception. Yeah, and that's where I'm just like, I, I, it seems weird to imagine that Bungie could come in and do that. But I also don't, they haven't given us reason to believe otherwise. Mm-hmm. That there's something else to think is going on. So we'll just have to see that as as it unfolds. I mean, there's always hoping that there's another showcase. and. We'll, we could learn. Hoping, yeah, we we definitely need another showcase because we need some vision. We need some vision for the future. Yeah, you speaking know? of vision and stuff too, like that, right? It, it would also make sense with that with Bungie having a higher say because of the live service initiative that they are pushing. Yeah, and then I think I saw a report where, like, internally, like, they're Sony's having a hard time getting this live service initiative on the like get going within the eternal studios just because they're not used to making games like that and there's a lot of like outside you know you got fucking foam stars is the second party but you got concord you got uh mm. what's the other one what's the ubisoft looking one watchdogs-esque that mm. has the dollar sign as the last symbol Man. instead of s i wish i remembered let me look it up Fuck, you know exactly what game I know I'm talking exactly, about, right? I know exactly what you're talking about, and I should know. So yeah, there's a, it just seems like the company is having kind of like an internal internal drama, it seems like. They don't necessarily know where they want to go with like, you know, all the studios that they have beforehand are not designed to make live service games. I think that that's a very specific kind of studio you have to have built for that. You have to have a certain talent for that. And trying to fit like a square peg in a round hole doesn't really work out with those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I totally agree. It's just if it's a new thing, then it's they're not built for that, so they have to adapt to it. Yeah, and I wonder if that is has anything to do with Jim Ryan leaving, because Jim Ryan was he. I feel like his tenure was a little shorter than uh, the other the other heads of PlayStation. I feel like uh, Sean Layton was there a little bit longer. Obviously, Jackie T was there for a hot minute. Hmm. I'm trying to look up. It's from Haven Studio, correct? Yes. Let me look this Maybe. up. Well, but um, but yeah, no, I, I it's we're in an interesting time of PlayStation. I know we say say that a lot. Fair games, like we're kind of done. fair games. Not a good there name. There you go. Not I a good name because I can remember it. That's the thing. I think that if it was a good name, we would remember it because I remember when they announced it. I remember the trailer pretty clearly. Right, it's a heist PvP mm-hmm. game where they're going in and they show people going through like an elevator in like a kind of spy way but it's a um, from what they did show it was a cinematic trailer so we didn't actually see gameplay of it yet and then concord and then and concord, concord we also haven't seen gameplay for so hopefully we will see those soon um yeah we'll just have to see how those shake out hopefully they just release right because it seems like right now there's a lot of them that are just aren't even coming out not from playstation side but in general yeah it really feels like after spider-man 2 it's kind of quiet. I mean, the only next game we know about is again from Insomniac with Wolverine. Mm-hmm. But we will see, I'm sure, in due time. While we're waiting, we're playing other stuff or we're trying to. 
that weird west game that he was mentioning that is a playstation plus essential title for this month of october the games are callisto protocol weird west definitive edition and farming simulator 22 i played weird west and i will say this i was enjoying what i was playing i thought the setup was pretty cool it is a isometric third person kind of action rpg where you play as five separate characters over five different journeys. They're very unique in their builds and what their abilities are. It's called Weird West because, yes, it is a Western, but it is also they're like werewolves and sirens and witches and stuff like oh, that. Okay. So it's That's very cool. cool how it's all blended in together. And so the like game's started... Undead Nightmare kind of vibe. Yeah, exactly. And I thought that it has a really beautiful, like, cel-shaded almost art style. I thought it started off really strong. I was enjoying the gameplay. The dialogue was good. And I made it to probably, like, the first big, like, really big combat encounter. And I completed that. And then while I was looting, I just picked up an item and the whole game crashed. And <laughs> I just want to say, this is Weird West Definitive Edition. Like definitive. So I had that. Best. I had that experience, and I was like, "Okay, well, I'm out." I don't know how it is for you. For me, if there's like a glitch in a game, or there's a problem, but you can reload, or maybe you can like manipulate it to get around it. It's whatever. It's funny and it's fine. But if a game crashes, I'm like, ah, I don't want to reopen this. A hard crash is definitely can be off putting. It. I have to really be vibing with the game. So. If it's a game that I'm like, oh, I really like it. Like, I don't give a fuck. But if it's a game that I'm like kind of teetering on and I'm like, eh, do I want to play this? Yeah. See, that's what happened with me in Starfield, actually. Mm. Not a hard crash, but a quest line is fucked. And like, it, is it? Can you it, mess it, up a quest line and that's no. like a part of it? Or is it just like a bug? Glitched? OK, like a customer or not a customer, like a character I'm supposed to be talking to. Mm. I, I hit A on him, and but it's like, oh, character is busy. But they're just like standing off like this. Hell no. That would bother the shit out of me. And it's a quest line that I was like kind of interested in because it's like in the like a uh, cyberpunk-esque kind of city. Mm. It's like about like the underground gangs and shit. And it's like, I can't even play this quest anymore. And like mm. that's why I kind of fell off of um, Starfield. I was kind of teetering on that. And then that shit happened. And I was like, oh, hell no. Like, I just... So it kind of depends on how you're vibing with the game. If you really like are in sync with the game, really like it or like playing it, I can definitely look, overlook that. Especially with Bethesda games, because that usually happens. Like, you know, when Skyrim first came out, there was obviously bullshit. I remember when Skyrim first came out. I don't know if you remember this. On PlayStation 3, you couldn't go in water because it would mm-hmm. freeze your game. Yeah, I remember. Because right when you start out, there's like a big river that you would cross over just to get into like one of the first towns. And it would slow down <laughs> like a lot. I don't know. I'm sure it crashed on me, but at that age, I didn't care. But now it's not, and it's not like a game will do a hard crash, and I'm like, oh, I'm I'm deleting this, never playing it again. But yeah, I might switch to something else in the moment. Maybe they'll release like a patch overnight or something. Who who knows? Who knows? But yeah, I, I it depends on the game. I mean, that's a that that's when it does crash, though. That does make me. It does bring up consideration. Like, oh, do I want to keep on playing this? Like. I have all, like there's a, as soon as it crashes, then the next fear is like, how much do I have to replay? Yeah, and it's tough too because I know that a lot of times discussions will happen now about games releasing right unfinished or maybe broken. But it is true that when I think about it, I can think very clearly on when the PlayStation Five bricks or crashes a game. Right, you get that error report message. Go ahead and type your little thing. Submit. When you actually type something, I do. 
when the game went look, I'm a good Samaritan, right? I'm helping. Hell no. I ain't fucking writing shit out the fuck. When your game would crash on PlayStation 4, right? You would get the blue screen and the loading bar. You knew what was happening. I can't remember a crash screen on the PS3, which made me think it just kind of didn't really happen as much. It would do the same thing where it's just like loads. It mm-hmm. like does like the loading, but you didn't have the option to like send anything in. Got it. So it would do like the first part that's on the PlayStation 4 and 5. Mm. But it didn't give you like that. You want to attach your clip and write a message because they're going to actually read that. They're not reading it, Mark. You know that, right? I, I know that they're not reading it, but it makes me feel better that I'm doing it. It makes me feel like I'm doing my part. Plus, it is true that you never know when they're going to patch something, which is why I might not give it a hard delete, but I might just be like, I'll put it to the side for now. Maybe they'll get to this. Yeah. I mean, now Cyberpunk is a completely different experience. Than when it fucking originally came out with its patching and they I, did you see they put like over a hundred million dollars and to get it to where it is now? I did see a report about that. That was really cool. Good to see. Uh, yeah, that is good to see. But it's also like, what the fuck wasn't it like this when it launched? Yeah, I mean, it's difficult. I mean, something else that I mean, we might as well just kind of talk about it now because we're already in the vicinity of it is Red Dead Redemption did get a PS4 port from Rockstar. And when it launched, it launched at 30 frames was the kind of like performance mode or there wasn't of a performance mode, but that was how mm-hmm. the game ran. And I think that I didn't really know how to forecast how this was going to sell. I think that I could understand it selling really well just because Red Dead is very beloved. And I don't know how many people played both the first one and the second one. And because the second one takes place before the first one, I could see how this could be a really good stepping point from somebody who just finished too. But on the PlayStation Store, when you're looking at a game on the right hand side, how it'll show you the information, it'll show you like the release date, the data it'll require on your system. Normally, it'll show a little bubble saying how many of your friends are playing it or who's purchased it. On yeah. my personal friends list, I probably have maybe like a couple hundred people. So there's normally 50 to 70 people online at a time. And nobody had purchased it. And people, I have people on my friends list that are like, real trophy sluts right like the kind of people that play like jumping taco all the like really trash like two dollar bargain bin ass games that are on the store so i would think somebody might be playing this but i didn't have experience with that and so i didn't really see anything saying that this was selling well or moving a lot of copies i know that a physical release is coming so maybe this was to get ahead of that but i feel like this is the one thing that i was like if they add this you deserve some cash like that. I just needed an improvement from the original version that I had played. I think it is definitely has to do with the fact that it's now coming out on disc and like a physical version. But the thing is, is that 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 is true, that I think it is tied to the disc. But the two platforms that are that it is available physically, you cannot play at 60 frames, even with the patch, because the patch is it's one of those weird things where it's like the last of us Two part two patch where it's a patch of a PS4 game to run well on PS5. Mm. So even if you have a PS4 Pro, it's not going to run at 60. Got it. Okay. That's good. It's kind of one of those. Yeah, it's kind of one of those weird patches where it's like it's for the PS5, but it's a PlayStation 4 game still. Got it. It's like a PlayStation 5 version. Well, it's better than nothing. I'll take it because I think that's my definitely... Oh, excuse me. That's a oh, this let me drink. Uh, I've been drinking a lot of sparkling water lately. I got a cranberry Waterloo uh, sparkling oh, nice. water next to me. I was at you got a UTI or something. What? No, nah, cranberry. Uh, I just like cranberry. I 
it was this or there was another flavor that was spiced apple sparkling water. Mm, I thought that sounded no. pretty gross, to be honest. And sounds like ass. So, well, okay. I got another topic here, but let me finish up with Red Dead. So with Red Dead, if I'm playing it on a PlayStation 5, I want it to run at 60. I don't think that's too mm. much to demand as it is a 2010 release PlayStation 3 or 360 title originally. So definitely being on PS5, is how i kind of wanted it to have that 60 frames now the other thing i was going to say was you being like oh with the cranberry and the uti i had someone ask me if i was not bedridden but next to your bed if you had three hoses and they each had a beverage that you could dispense all the time which three would you pick coffee whiskey Mm. and water okay I mean, so pretty similar. I mean, I think for me, actually, let me see. I know I said water and I said cranberry juice. I don't know if I said coffee or milk. It was one of the two. Hell, why would you pick milk? Why would you pick you're whiskey? Milk? Why would you pick whiskey? You're going to wake up and have, up. have a full glass of whiskey? What are you doing? I mean, everyone's it's on hard. different wavelengths, but water you have it's to hard have. out here. You got, I mean, it's undeniably hard out here. Yeah, maybe maybe coffee, DC, and water for you know the the PG version, but mm. you got a fourth hoe, then you want that whiskey, DC like fucking Diet Coke. Yeah, you are gonna be six hundred pounds in the future. What do you mean? I feel like Diet Coke is just people lying to themselves. I think it tastes better than Coca Cola. I don't think I'm. I don't. I'm not making a health choice. I'm making a flavor choice. At the it same, tastes better. At the same time, I don't think I'm coming from a strong point of argument, being a grown ass four year old <laughs> wanting a glass of milk. So, yeah, like, I mean, you know. But th- here's one thing too that we got to just put out there. I don't like how milk coats my like my mouth. All right. Well, I think it's that's. And it doesn't have to do that, right? <laughs> like if you're drinking. <laughs> almond milk or something that's not gonna happen i'm not saying i want like heavy cream fucking coming out of a hose <laughs> you know what i'm saying you want to like, suck it out of the hose there you want are, that milk there are regular milks that are not crazy so hold on what the thing that i have to defend you is right you drink diet coke you do not drink mini cans though i do drink mini cans oh my god well i used to when i live with my family my my, my family buys the diet coke mini cans I mean, I don't buy Diet Coke at all for the house. I just get regular. Obviously, you know, you go well, okay. to your McDonald's, you go to your Dick Filet, you get your little. Well, your, if you're, your... you're not purchasing it, then I don't think you have a problem. OK, yeah, I, I never purchased it, but my parents did purchase it when I lived with them. And I and I, and I sucked those little suckers down. Look, if it's free, it's different. <laughs> if it's free, it's different. I understand. Yeah, that's true, man. You really forget like when you don't like when you live on your own, you're like, damn, like everything ain't free. Dude, I like I Oreos are like my favorite snack. I'll have them like once every couple of months now. I'm like, that's just not in the budget. Yeah, you know, me and Pam got in a bad habit of buying Oreos. We did like two, three Publix runs back to back where we were getting Oreos and we're like, we can't do this. Not because of the price. It's just because it's like this is like dangerous to have like a whole sleeve of Oreos. Standard? And like the So we would get a regular We'd, no, if we got regulars, we would get double stuffs, and then we'd get like vanillas, mm, vanilla golden ones. ones. So we, 
the golden ones. Yeah, gotcha. my bad. The golden ones. We do the golden ones, or and then uh, like a double stuffed regular one. Mm. Or no, we weren't doing double stuff. We we're doing the the seasonal Halloween ones because I like the pumpkin carvings on the cookie. So those are just regular mm. orange cream filling, but they just taste like the original ones. And then the thin vanilla ones because the thin vanilla ones hit different. Mm. I've never been a golden Oreo guy, but I don't have a good reason for it. Yeah, you gotta get on the train. I think it's pretty slept on. I think golden Oreos are pretty fire. The birthday cake, uh, Jaden got that one time. I had a few of those. That's a little too much for me, but it is good. Like in a, in a past life when I was younger, I was like, I can fuck with this. Mm. I do want to try the red velvet Oreos. I like the chocolate fudge ones. I don't. That's too much chocolate. I like those. Those are good. Anyway, all this talk about yeah, the beverages and the Oreos and the whatnot. Getting back on track, PlayStation Five. There are new PlayStation 5 models that were announced today that will be available this holiday season. So we had discussed before, I feel like there was good or reliable insider information about potentially having PlayStation Pro models. It doesn't seem that these are necessarily more powerful, but they do seem to... They've redesigned it so they're slim. They've lost some of the weight, and then we had heard about detachable disk drives and that does seem to be part of this so the redesign they are smaller and they also look a little bit different instead of having flat panels that are smooth they have what i thought looked like the playstation 4 original designs top where it's maybe 65 percent one panel and then 25 percent or 35 percent another panel if that Mm -hmm. makes sense if you like look up an image, it'll make more sense. But it's not smooth how it currently is right now. So there, there's like a like a gap in between them. Yeah, exactly. And I don't think that the I guess we haven't seen video of them turning them on, but I don't think a light is going to go through that. The light will probably be in the same spot as before, where it's in between the two plates. Because mm-hmm. I know on PlayStation Four that the light went through there, so that was kind of uh, an iconic part of it. So these ones will be they're reduced in volume by more than thirty percent and in weight by 18% and 24% respectively compared to the current model. Now, this is including the digital edition, and then there is also an edition that comes with the disk drive already on it, but that can be removable. So the they will be a little bit different in price. The one with the disk drive will be 500, which was the standard price, but the digital edition will now be 450 or 449.99. So it will no longer be that 399 price. Damn. So if you want that 399, got to get that OG PS5. In addition to that, some things that were a little bit unfortunate to hear, but I guess with harsh economic realities, this is just a choice that they had to make. If you want to stand your PlayStation up vertically, the stand will cost $30 and is separate. That is crazy to me that it's not coming with a stand, so it can lay horizontally on its own, though. Correct? Correct. It can lay horizontally on its own, and the way that it's shown is kind of interesting. So for anyone who might not have a PlayStation 5 right now, the original skew of the playstation would come with a vertical stand that you could either prop the system up via a screw that goes through the stand and the base of the console or it has two plastic kind of like slots that you could connect to the back of the system horizontal that would have the sacred symbols on them to show where to place it i'm showing joella picture right now even though there is no video for the audience to see there is a picture on Video Games Chronicle that is showing how 
the new one will sit horizontally and they're showing it as standing on the disk drive and then there's like a little metal kickstand that comes yeah, down to support it i'm looking it up now and i, I see that and it just yeah i don't know hopefully it's more intuitive it looks like it is more intuitive than the original ps5 because it it was kind of a crude way to have it lay on its slot on its side and stuff like that yeah i agree i think that it the 30 dollars side just is kind of stinky but that's kind of crazy. That's insane to I me, agree. honestly, that that stand costs that much. It should just be able to do that naturally. But, you know, like you were saying, that's just kind of what the reality is. I feel like every company is like kind of nickel and diamond you at this point. Mm-hmm. So that will be Sony said that once inventory of the current PS5 model has sold out, the new bo- the new model will become the only one available. Damn. So if you want to get the original sexy ass PS5, mm-hmm. you can get that one. And speaking of the sex appeal of the PS5, me and Pam were having a conversation <laughs> during lunch. And I was telling her, I was like, I don't like how the new PS5 Slim looks. Like it's like not like the original PS5 like had like a little sexy little vibe to it, you know? Mm. Had, like it's like a nice little like got the lips. The plastic coming curtains. Out, the plastic curtains. And then you know it's got a little curve. It's got a little a little donk donk on there you know it's like, it's like a nice hourglass figurine like it's a it's an attractive piece of equipment you it's know a big old system the big old system they got that dump trunk on it and then now they're trying to slim it down and make it look ugly i want to know what this feels like in person though because i'm looking at a picture of the disk drive and how it comes off there is a picture that i'm showing joel right now too where the section and this is i'm sure this is why there's that new line Mm -hmm. in the body so this is where the disk drive can kind of slot out but i wonder what to buy a new disk or not new disk drive but a new like plate for that Mm, i'm not sure that's a good question i think that actually i don't know i would assume yes i feel like but that's not i don't have a definitive detail on that i feel like they'll share more information about that once this starts being the model that is being sold I think they're announcing it, but I think that they were, and of course, they're always going to hope to sell as many as possible. But I think that when they put the current SKU on sale in different locations, they were maybe hoping that it would have moved a little bit quicker than it did. Yeah, and they definitely have been putting doing the. Uh, what the fuck? Did you what? see how much the Blu-ray drive costs? It's seventy nine ninety nine. Mm, but that I, will already I've... that will already be if you have it. Like if you get the five hundred dollar one, that comes with it. But that's what I'm saying. Like at that point, why would you buy the digital one? Like I don't if you know. buy the digital one, you like you're just like I'm going to be digital. But why you wouldn't like you were end up spending more money buying the digital and the and the actual like hard drive thing. And that's probably why they raised it to 450. So that way it's like you're not saving money by buying the digital and the hard drive and saving like 20 bucks. I mean, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that they want you to feel that way. I personally have a digital edition. I wonder what the numbers are on which one has sold more. I would imagine the digital edition has sold more. I think they've manufactured more disc ones because I think people wanted to get the digital one, but they were having a hard time finding them. Mm. Especially because they're the same power. You just don't Mm -hmm. have a disk drive. It's not a situation where you're sacrificing really anything. It's just $100 cheaper. And plus, I think that... I guess maybe I'm only speaking from the perspective of having the digital console, but it's kind of nice to not have any physical copies of games to 
worry about or like place or decorate that's what i was telling pam today actually too we we're talking about how sexy the ps5 is mm. i was like imagine if i had all these fucking game discs i had like literally thousands of ps5 and ps4 game discs around mm. here like where the fuck am i even putting all this shit yeah wouldn't it be possible i'm pretty sure my library when you go to it it's like 800 something titles and yours mm-hmm. is like almost 700 yeah so it's like y- there would be literally no space for any of that you like literally couldn't put them i mean you could, but it would have to be a dedicated room to all your fucking games. Yeah, it would be too much. It would be just too much. So I think the all-digital future is obviously coming, and they're making it very inconvenient for you if you are even trying to consider to like be like a halfy. Like, mm. is b- buying that digital and buying the, the disk drive, that doesn't make any sense. But maybe with the Slims, they're going to manufacture more diskless ones to sell those disk drives. Yeah, maybe. I wonder how it'll come out. And they'll be more available now than they were in the past, just due to the shipping realities being different than they were when the console launched in November of 2020. Yeah, just be on the lookout for the dickless PS5s. Yeah, the dickless one. So let's see. PlayStation Plus. A couple of items here. First thing, PlayStation Plus uh, Extra and Premium. Sometimes I forget the names. It's S. It's (laughs) <laughs> it's it was, essential extra and then premium but did you see in the announcement for the movie thing they said playstation plus deluxe i did see that which is and part, i was like what the fuck is that yeah that's part of why i'm like this shit can be confusing but so yeah the first announcement is basically that playstation plus extra and premium members will be getting teardown as a day one release when that comes out that hasn't been announced for a specific date i think that is going to be a november release Okay. Let what is see. Teardown? Teardown. Have you seen Teardown? You have. I'll show you a picture. It is a kind of like pixelated game where I haven't played it. I mean, it's going to sound really stupid, but you like <laughs> you break shit. Like it's a physics game. Oh, I where... see. I looked it up now. Mm-hmm. So that will be releasing on November 15th. And yes, that will be coming to PlayStation Plus as a day one release. Tuxedo Labs has confirmed. So. That looks pretty good. That's cool. I I think that that's nice. I think it's good that they continue on that trend with having these nice kind of middle market games that have reviewed well coming to the day one release. It's always nice to get that on offer. Something else that we got are the PlayStation Plus extra games leaked for the offerings in October, which these are always pretty reliable. So I would we report these by way of VGC, but the leaker is Bibilcoon, who is literally almost always correct. I feel like he should just, I feel like and I actually don't know who it is but I think they should they should just be announcing these for PlayStation at this point. So what we have so far is according to the leaker October's headline editions will include Gotham Knights, The Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes, Disco Elysium the Final Cut and Far Changing Tides. Other games that will be added with the PlayStation Plus game catalog this month according to the leak include Gungrave Gore Elite Dangerous, Dead Island Definitive Edition, and Alien Isolation. Now, it is noted that there are going to be PlayStation Plus Premium games, which will include classic titles. Those have not been leaked or announced. Last month's classic releases were a slew of Star Ocean games. So <laughs> I'm curious what the new one will be. Now, it is funny because we always t- like didn't know what it was, but I will say I did play some Star Ocean First Departure R, and the premise I was pretty hooked with. What was difficult was I died and it's the kind of game where there's not any kind of auto save and manual saving 
there's the game is kind of cryptic on how it explains where and how you can save. So when mm-hmm. I died, I lost like an hour of progress, which sucks. That's rough. But yeah. I thought it was better than what I had thought in my mind since I had never played them. And First Departure was the first original title, which has been kind of like redone. And uh, this big push for Star Ocean games was because the second departure is something that's coming. And from what I understand, I watched a couple of YouTube videos basically breaking down Star Ocean as a series. And if you're a beginner, start here. This is how the community kind of views the titles. And one and two, two specifically being the best Star Ocean games. So I think for us, it was always viewed a little bit differently because the modern era of Star Ocean titles normally didn't review the best. So we just thought the series as a whole was maybe not that good. But I think it just is past its heyday. Maybe it'll return okay. to that. But so it's nice to see that first departure R was good. And then the one that's supposed to be their best game is going to be getting re-released. So as for this month, though, we don't know the premium games yet. Hmm? now we have we ever had a month where we didn't get premium games there were months where we didn't get what i would consider classic games um there was a month where we did get like dishonored and doom games oh yeah those were ps4 games they are classic games right but when i think of premium i think of playstation one offerings maybe ps2 offerings and then ps3 offerings kind of but again i say kind of because until they understand or figure out the engineering on making those run natively i feel like i'm personally looking for ps1 ps2 ps4 games and so there's been a couple of months where they haven't had like ps1 or i'm missing out psp games like true classic titles now i would love for them to continue with that because twisted metal i played not too long ago i did not know twisted metal was that sick so i'm really happy that they did that and yeah so they have had months where they haven't had anything that i would consider a classic game yeah, so hopefully that doesn't happen again. Also, quick side note, uh, Honkai Star Rail comes out today, or is available now. Nice. I don't, I, don't, I don't know if you remembered that or not, but yeah, its release date was today, the 10th. Mm, I'll be excited to play that. I'll definitely try that out. I played, a, or I tried to play a little bit of Genshin Impact the other day, and I realized you couldn't restart your game, so it was a game that I had played maybe two or three years ago. I can't really do mm-hmm. that. I need to be able to restart because sometimes getting into something like that, that I played so long ago, I am not in that same mind frame. And I understand that maybe because they're like always online games, they can't just allow you to reset it. But that's something I would always request is being able to restart in games. Yeah. And I think honestly, the always online, the reason you can't do that, because if you purchase something like you can't get refunded Mm. or like, you know, like skins or I don't know what you buy necessarily in Genshin Impact. Yeah, that's true. There, I mean, there's definitely things that you buy, but I, I agree with what you're saying, where it's like they can't give you that back. Mm-hmm. Now, PlayStation Plus, the last big ticket item, which I was surprised to see, kind of happy, but we'll discuss actually what it means kind of more in detail because you had experience with it too. PlayStation Plus Premium, or that article we saw saying premium or deluxe, <laughs> is adding a new perk for subscribers. This perk is they're adding movies. So in addition to your PlayStation Plus premium subscription, you will now have access to something called Sony Core, which is going to be an application that you can download from the PlayStation Store that you can use to basically view, purchase, and rent a large number of movies. As part of your perk with your PlayStation Plus premium subscription, there is a library of 100 movies that they said will rotate. But right now they released the 100 list that you can look through. I thought the list was okay. It's a little lackluster, but 
the one movie i did want to evil movies the one movie i did fantasy movies yeah that's true the one thing i did want to shout that i saw in there that i didn't know is have you heard of a movie called go no let's go never seen this movie it's like a late 90s movie where i think somebody's a cashier and they're sell drugs and then they get caught up in something that they're not supposed to get into but it was reviewed pretty good and i'm pretty interested in watching it timothy elephant's in it i think he's pretty good and but it's cool right i mean it's just an extra perk really it doesn't take anything away yeah it definitely doesn't take anything away it is just kind of weird like how they phrased it and then it doesn't have any it doesn't have any hitters you know I think the biggest movie, the best movie that I saw in there, they also have Looper. But outside of that, I was like, oh, these are like kind of like really bad movies. Yeah, there were definitely some on there that I was like, oh, this is a nut. I'm going to pull up the list right now and see if there's any notable movies on there. Yeah, the only one that I noticed that was of note was, oh, they also have Black Dynamite, which is kind of cool. It's a good classic. Excellent movie. So, you know, it's a. it's a weird merging of Sony and their like movie side and with PlayStation. I guess they're trying to add value. I mean, at least you can appreciate they're trying to add value after increasing the prices, but it kind of doesn't really it doesn't feel like this is the value we wanted or this is like what we necessarily wanted out of PlayStation Plus in general. All right, I agree. So I'm going to go through this list. Not in full. Don't worry. I'm not going to read all 100 okay. movies, but in my personal opinion, I think that I have a decent taste in movies. I think everyone probably thinks that, but I've seen a couple. And I think that the ones in movies where they speak different languages. So he's a cinephile. Yeah, I've seen uh, I've seen one foreign film and I'm that guy. You're that guy. You could. uh, Well, you could. You could follow me on. uh, Damn, what's it called? Dude, I'm forgetting everything today. God damn it. I know exactly what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Tim uses it, too. Yeah, there's a website letterboxed letterboxd letterboxd is. is a website that i mean you could connect with me on there if you want my name is ice jj fish that's uh, <laughs> that's, uh it's like it's like a, <laughs> yeah it, it's uh he's a rap superstar back in the 2010s so it's a it's basically like a website that you can track what movies you've been watching add them to your watch list review them that kind of thing so we do use that right so this list the things on here that i probably would recommend attack the block solid movie Black Dynamite. Oh, yeah, that's the one with uh, John Bodega, right? Yes, that is that one. That one is good. Like you already mentioned, Black Dynamite is good. I think that Drunken Master with Jackie Chan, really good movie. Really solid Fifth Element is good. And then... Looper. Looper. Yeah, I'm, I'm just hitting the L right now. And then I'm going through it. I mean, there are a lot of bad. Some good. <laughs> another good, Wreck. REC that is a Spanish found footage horror film really tense oh. really scary there is an American remake version of it called Quarantine so if you remember Quarantine back in the day um this would be the original version of that movie it's a Spanish horror movie really solid so that was a oh. cool thing to see on there and then i would say that that's probably where it ends and then you have the Final Fantasy 15 movie now it explains the story that's cool something that is interesting that i'm seeing on this list that i just also wanted to bring up is there is a different list depending on where you live so the premium list that i just read or the ones that i was kind of highlighting that is the list available to people who are in the u.s now their list available to people in the uk i don't am i i think it's better 
They've okay, got what do they got? I hear twenty one, almost famous, which I think is really good. Twenty one is the fucking card one. Yeah. Wait, who's that kid? The main Eisenberg? guy. He was like, yeah, Jesse? I know. Was it Eisenberg? I thought it was somebody else. I thought it was. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it's not. I'll look it up. You can you continue reading the list. But twenty one, almost famous. Uh before midnight. Let's see what else we got. The cable guy, solid. District Nine, Django Unchained, Donnie Brasco, Elysium, Gattaca. Let's see. Mm, okay, we're taking a little break here. A little break. Okay, big break. Punch Drunk Love. Yeah. Oh, Punch Drunk Love's a good movie. Mm, Social Network, Squid and the Whale, okay. Straw Dogs. So, okay, maybe they're. Oh, actually, oh, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Zombieland, the original. Ooh, that's White a classic. Chicks, the UK list is hitting. What? Dude, the UK list is good. White Chicks is good. That's a, cl- that's a movie that'll never be able to be made today, but it's a classic. Jim Ryan knew what he was doing. Yeah. But, but uh, no, Jim Sturgis is the main guy in, the 20, in 21. Oh, so I didn't even know who that is. So his career is over then, I guess? Yeah. Got he was it. like kind of hot in the, you know, like back in the 20, 2010s. Mm. And not hot, like, physically. That's not okay. he's a bad-looking man. But, I mean, like, hot, like, in these streets. You just gotta defend it. It's all right. I'm just making sure. But this is the one with uh, Kevin Spacey, right? Yes, that one. R.I.P. R.I.P. For good reason. For good reason. <laughs> I, I don't sure, know. I gotta make it's sure it like... said that it's R.I.P. Maybe... for good reason. It's not, like, it's But he wasn't... Court. He wasn't found guilty in court, though, you know? So you can't be... Can't get upset. O.J. Um... didn't do it. Yeah, that's true, too. Michael uh, Jackson didn't touch them kids. What other opinions you got? What kind of um, secrets do you have? I, we were talking about who built the pyramids the other day. Um, I think I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, so back on track, PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan is stepping down. So Jim Ryan, who oversaw the launch of the PlayStation 5 in an incredibly difficult economic landscape, especially with the pandemic and shipping realities, has led the PlayStation 5 to be the leading kind of console that is selling right now, which is great. He is set to retire in March of 2024 after almost 30 years with the PlayStation business. Now, he cited the main reason for this to be that basically he lives in the UK primarily and he had to work in North America and Japan a lot on a revolving travel schedule, which was very grueling week to week. And so I think that, you know, He's done his time. That's what he cited as wanting out. So I don't think even when I originally read the news, I didn't think like, oh, PlayStation is crumbling. He's leaving. PlayStation is an extremely strong brand. He's leading it, I think, well. Some of the core decisions that he's greenlit, we won't know until a couple of years in. So it's hard to get the full grasp of what his... It's uh, it's hard to get a full grasp on what the PlayStation brand will accomplish under his time, right? Mm-hmm. But... In terms of more hard details that we have, to support Mr. This is a quote to support Mr. Ryan in his transition, Sony Group Corporation President, COO, and CFO Hiroki Totoki will assume the role of chairman of Sony Interactive Entertainment, effective October 2023. Effective April 1st, 2024, Mr. Totoki will be, dude, that'd be fucked up if they're like April Fools, you're not CEO. Anyway. <laughs> April. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. April 1st is just not a good time to announce something like this. It's not, but effective April 1st, 
Mr. Tatoki will be appointed interim CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment while he continues his current role at Sony Group Corporation. Mr. Tatoki will work closely with Sony Group Corporation Chairman and CEO Kenny Ichiro Yoshida and the management team at Sony Interactive Entertainment to help define the next chapter of PlayStation's future, including the succession of the Sony Interactive Entertainment CEO role. So, those are the details. Jim Ryan, Crying Jim, we'll miss him. I think the thing that I remember the most about him in terms of personality was anytime he would be in an interview. Mr. Ryan, what are you excited to play on the PlayStation? He would just always mention whatever is literally the next releasing PlayStation exclusive. Spider-Man 2. I'm really excited to play Spider-Man 2. With no details or anything like that. But I mean, I think that overall, clearly the system launched strongly and has a say nothing and we still succeed approach to it. I feel... Like, they're clearly doing something right. I feel like there is a little bit less fun or... I don't know about if fun is the right word, but a little bit less pizzazz in the marketing. Excitement. There's not the same level of excitement and, like, eccentric, weird. It's not as risky. It's very calculated, very buttoned up. And I... Yeah, I agree. I think there's... This is something that we talked about, too, on a past episode, where is it more so the way things are being announced, or is it more so the way things are being leaked? And I think it's a combination of both, right? I mean, they... Most of the times, our PlayStation Plus titles, we learn before they announce it. But even when they do announce it, I don't feel like they announce it in a very fun way. That is a small-scale example right i'm not expecting a playstation plus title to like fucking blow me out of my seat but i'm saying that for example i guess we don't have to go into it fully i mean we can but i guess we'll Mm -hmm. decide that here on the fly off the cuff far cry 7 there are pretty substantial leaks about that game which i don't know if i want to discuss and or ruin for people listening but like if those leaks that i had heard or joel 2 had heard are accurate it's cool to know them, but when the game is announced now, I will not be surprised at all. Yeah, no, the Far Cry 7 leaks were kind of fire. Like, like playing that, hearing that, I was like, ooh, that sounds fun. It's something different. I agree. It sounded cool, but that's where I'm like, I know when they show that, if that's accurate, I'll be like, oh, okay. When's it coming out? Because I already knew what this was. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's just but me, yeah. but what do you think? Do you I think th- that's something we should discuss here, or do you think that's like... Uh, People would not want to leak know that. It's publicly no. I feel like we can talk about it. It's not spoiling. It's spoiling elements of the game if you wanted to be completely surprised, but it's not spoiling the story. Yeah, I guess that's true. It's also something that I think would be conveyed over a trailer, like uh, like an intro trailer. Mm-hmm. So if anything, you're spoiling the opening trailer, which I don't think is that big of a deal. Mm. So you think we should do it? Yeah, we could talk about it. So Far Cry 7 will be, the structure of it will be, and I guess I don't have show notes for it, but the structure of what I had heard is basically, you will be in another fictional tropical island, but the setup of this one will be that your family members will kind of have been kidnapped and you will have a 72 hour window, which will be like a real time clock that i don't know if it will actually move like it will actually be 72 hours or if it will move quicker but in the game it will look it will appear as it's 72 hours 
and you have mm-hmm. this limited time to go around the island, probably do traditional Far Cry stuff, but also while you are saving these members. And apparently, if you save certain members or fail to save certain members, that can have an impact on the way that the story plays out. But it will not be your traditional, here is one main villain, here is clearing out these camps and fortresses. It sounds like this one, they're setting it up to have a little bit more of a twist, like a little spin, a little Majora's Mask flavor on it, if you will. That's what I initially thought as soon as I heard like a time mm-hmm. restriction. And I think that that's cool because the story can play out in multiple different ways. So it definitely sounds fun. But like, again, like you said, like this, again, takes a little bit of excitement out of the release. Because like you said, we know what it is. We just want to play it. Mm-hmm. And I don't and this tying it back to the whole Jim Ryan thing. I don't know necessarily if it was him. I, I do think that they, they do have a, a little bit of blame in terms of not having the excitement because they just don't have anything to release in general Mm. and everything is just hearsay and all the hearsay is kind of negative you know it's like oh uncharted closing or or bungie told uncharted that or bungie told naughty dog that the last of us multiplayer game is not good enough or we're Mm. getting or sony's buying a new studio that we don't know who they are and they're just making these new games so i think that jim ryan's tied to like the expansion We'll see what these projects end up becoming in terms of like if they're good or not, because even the projects that were released under him weren't really greenlit by him. Mm-hmm. Like Ghost of Tsushima, Last of Us Part Two were all in development before he was gotten there or were greenlit. Mm-hmm. So his uh his legacy's gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a it's a different one. I think he's the first like memeable one. Like there's like mm-hmm. distinct memes like him holding the controller. Yeah, he has epic quotes. We believe in generations, and like every fucking major PS5 game that was released is a PS4 game as well. So yeah, he has he has like moments that he gets like dunked on, but you know he's also in the era where that where that just will happen with everything. You say anything, somebody will clip it on and be like, "Sick! I'll use this as content." Welcome to my channel. Exactly. Exactly. So. I don't think it's all necessarily on him, but I think he had he had a pizzazz. He had a personality to him, mm-hmm. even if it was a lack of personality was his personality. But we'll miss him. I hope that they I wonder who they're going to pick next. I think they're. I think they may go back to their Japanese roots. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they picked like a European head. The last few have been kind of European guys. Mm-hmm. Sean Layton, too. So. Yeah, I think that they they have a good mix. I mean, they clearly seem to just be like moving in the right direction. So mm-hmm. we'll definitely see who they pick. And my, I think the thing I'm most curious about is to see what they might do in terms of like community type things. Um, but if what would you like to see in a, in a new CEO? Is there a specific area that you would like to see some improvement or different things in? I don't what I what I want in terms of improvement. I want like a. I want a figure that understands games, doesn't necessarily have to play them, but kind of understands them. I'm not quite sure if Jim Ryan necessarily understood games. He worked at Sony for 30 years, so he worked there before even PlayStation was a thing. Mm hmm. So he, I don't know if he has like that in-depth knowledge of gaming. And I feel like that was obviously a, a very lacking thing in his like resume where he would say things like oh who wants to play old Gran Turismo's and he's talking about old games so he kind of just didn't understand gaming culture in that sense but then again you got a guy like Phil Spencer who's very tapped in and Xbox is fucking running amok 
Mm. So I don't know how necessarily important that is. That's why I don't necessarily need a player of games, but somebody maybe who came from like production or is like the head of a studio. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I wouldn't be shocked if Herman Hulse gets the job since he's in Europe. He's already the head of like the PlayStation. He's like the head of the studios, not the head of PlayStation. He's he I believe his title and a lot of their titles can be difficult to remember. I believe Herman Hulse's title is he is in charge of PlayStation Worldwide Studios. Yes. So I think that is his like kind of official title. I mean, it might be like director of or something like that, but I think PlayStation Worldwide Studios is the branch that he oversees. And I, I could see that too. So. Mm-hmm. I, but yeah. I think I would want the next president to either be to either be from like the Japanese side of PlayStation or the American side. We've already had the European side, so let's give it a new flavor. But I don't. The thing is, it's like it's like the president of the United States. What are they going to really do? You know, the 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 company, the country, <laughs> they're already going in motion. There's already people that are like Hiroki Totoki has been around forever. Shuhei Yoshida has been there forever. Mm. Shuhei Yoshida is like the equivalent of like a congressman or woman who's been in office for like 100 years. Like they're not necessarily the president, but they got probably even just as much power in making big decisions. So mm. They have a lot of core figures there. I, I am interested to see what they're looking for because Jim Ryan's helping with, you know, that whole process. So I might throw my hat in the ring. Mm. Yeah, we'll we'll just have to see how that plays out. I think also right before we move on to the next thing in terms of mentioning Far Cry really quick with staying with Ubisoft is the crew Motorfest. Just uh, wanted to throw this in that they're having a second free trial period. So another five-hour mm-hmm. window, and then it will be getting discounted soon. So if you enjoyed the first trial period or you want to try it again, that will be happening soon. And yeah, I'm just curious. I know that the live service initiative is going to be a big thing. I want to see how that plays out. But in terms of them using existing IP, right, I know that it's more risky to do new IP. So good usage of the brands or extracting as much value out of them as you can is important. And so I say this to mention that Horizon Fitterbit and West will be getting a complete edition. And in addition to this, we also heard rumors. These are rumors. The Horizon Forbidden West, that is a, that, that is a full <laughs> announcement. But a rumor that we also did see from a LinkedIn post from a Naughty Dog developer was that Last of Us 2 Remastered for PlayStation 5 is a potential and we also know that horizon one has a potential remake so i don't i don't know if i really have much to say on this i just hope that they have these in addition with other things mm-hmm. so that's not, it's just not so predictable it's definitely good to bring in new players but for the existing players and i would imagine the existing players are the ones that spend the most money yeah um but I don't know if that's what's more important. I don't know if over time little pops is more important to them or if they just want you to get the console and one or two games is good. But I feel like they make the most of their money on software at full price. Definitely probably at software full price, but maybe now with the increase in PlayStation Plus, they're like, we just if we can get you like hooked in, obviously they know that like the PlayStation's very clear in that aspect where it's like you're not getting our games day one. Mm-hmm. So if you have your at least uh, the extra tier and then you buy our exclusives. I think that that generates enough money where they're like, we're okay with this. Yeah, that's true. That is true. 
And so, and I mean, they're also making a fucking shit ton of cash on the thirty percent rips on the Fortnite skins, oh, and Call of Duty, and stuff like that. So, yeah, they're doing well. They have, they're doing well financially. It's just more of like, uh, uh Microsoft and Xbox are being very aggressive, and uh, it's starting to you know form come together with you know Starfield and Forza coming out. Even though they they're coming out, but they're not hitting as hard as obviously Xbox would like want them to be, but. I do think that we need a more aggressive leadership Mm. instead of being like kind of like. I don't need the confidence. I appreciate the confidence of like we don't have to do anything, but I need to be like, all right, now we got to go attack them. We got to go buy this studio, buy Square Enix and da da da, do this. And, you know, I I don't feel like it's very like uh, on the aggressive. It's more of like reactionary, Mm. which comes with the confidence of being number one. But I think that that if you get caught sleeping, you might go to sleep. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's definitely true. I think that's well said. I am hoping that I'm hoping that behind the scenes, what their angle is, is like we have things closer to release than anyone actually knows, but we just don't mm-hmm. feel like we need to announce them. That's what I'm like kind of praying for. I'm praying for they're steadily working on all these titles. There's no reason to like push anything off. You're when something's ready, you're going to want to release it. So the hope is that maybe they're just not announcing it to let their competitors kind of show their full hand. And then maybe they can be like, yeah, well, we haven't said anything, but when we do, you're fucked. That's, I hope, their strategy. We need a we need a big dick showcase. We need a showcase that come out here and just start fucking Uncharted 5. I wonder... Fucking Death Stranding 2 release date. Fucking Ghost of Tsushima 2 is coming out fucking next week, motherfuckers. Get ready. I wonder if they will do one a big blowout again within the generation because i'm thinking with the way that they release titles you figure you get on average maybe three to maybe four playstation exclusives a year i feel Mm -hmm. like they space that out in such a way where you can maybe have one or two at each showcase and those will come out for the year but they don't need to necessarily show a lot of them because they have to spread them out and make them last yeah i also this is also the Jim Ryan news makes me worried about of a showcase happening at the end of this year. Or maybe it, it may make me a little worried, but it also may make me be like, OK, maybe you might get a good showcase just because he would he would be leading it. Obviously, you know, they always like to have like, hi, mm-hmm. I'm Jim Ryan. Yeah, I'm going to show you some games now. Yeah. But um, he ended his he, it would be suck. It would be shitty for his career to end on that last showcase. Like if he had it would be nice to ha- leave him with like a good banger showcase and be like all right we love you jim that would be cool if he was like all right i'm about to like he doesn't have to verbally say it but he knows he's about to step out so he's like let me just show all the goods and then leave and the hardcore and the hardcore audience knows that he's about to step out too and and, you know just have like a banger showcase and be like this is you know this is all my hard work i love you guys a playstation i'm leaving but i leave you in good hands and then it's just like Mm -hmm. yeah that would be all the games we've been wanting i would love that in other news, we're hearing that the Disney CEO is being urged <laughs> is being urged to turn to the company to turn the company into a gaming giant. I didn't get a whole lot of details about this, to be incredibly honest, but I just saw a Disney CEO being urged to, and I don't think that this is something that they are wanting to. Is that Bobby? Is Bob Iger the? I don't. He's the overall. Right? I'm not sure because I'm pretty sure things have been switching around there. Not that I've been it's following cool. it, but I know that there has been some shifts in who's been in power while you're looking that up though 
What I will say is that while Disney, of course, does have their hand in different titles that are releasing in terms of Marvel licensing, right? EA has the Star Wars license, which a small bit of news to the voice actor for Cal. Maybe he wasn't supposed to, but he basically said Star Wars 3 will be something that will be coming out and he will be in it. So there is that little bit of news. But Disney, right there, they have Star Wars going with EA. They have Marvel going under a couple of different studios, right? Insomniac has Spider-Man 2 coming out later this month. Wolverine will be coming soon from them. But don't forget, there's also a Black Panther game. There's also a Captain America game. The studio behind the recent Dead Space remake is also working on an Iron Man game. So there is a large number of titles coming out of Disney already. So I don't know ex- like how much more if they're talking about like acquiring studios or what this was saying, but it didn't seem like from what I was reading, they're super interested in, which I think kind of good riddance, right? I mean, Disney obviously has a lot of money and power and do release some good things, but I think overall quality in a lot of areas has kind of slipped over the years. Yeah. So the current CEO is uh, Bobby Iggs, mm. Daddy Igg. And uh, just for fun, you know, I just looked up, well, what is his pay? You know, so his base salary is $1 million a year. Mm. But that's, he's not getting paid base salary because he gets graded on performances and stuff like that. But his pay package is valued at $27 million a year. That's pretty solid. It's pretty solid. Yeah. Nice, nice pay plan he got built over there. But, uh, but yeah, so I mean, the more Disney stuff, does it kind of suck? Yes. Just because it's again with the sameness where we're talking about like, oh, you see a game come out, you know what it's going to be. Oh, Captain America game. Let me guess. It's fucking World War Two or he got frozen in ice and mm-hmm. now he's in a regular world. And, you know, even though we do, ha- we have the Black Panther game, right? And then the Captain America Black Panther game, which those kind of sound a little interesting just because they're different. But then. And we saw that, you know, they have already initiated a bunch of projects and not a lot of them have even came through outside of like the Sony stuff because we're still waiting on that Indiana Jones from Machine Games. I feel like that's been taking a hot minute. Mm-hmm. The KOTOR remake is in hot water. Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily the best thing you want to hear, but I mean, if it you know brings games to the market, that's what that's kind of cool. But I don't want the gaming industry that have the same thing that happened to it. Like the movie industry happened with Disney kind of fucking it up a little bit, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I I agree. I think that just because they can, doesn't mean that it's like you should. Yeah. Like it, it, it's, it was cool with the original Spider-Man for PS4 and the Spider-Man two that's coming out now because those feel special Mm. and those feel like really well made. And not that I don't think they've actually made a product that's been like aggressively bad, like Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order and Survivor are both great games in their own right as well. So not necessarily all bad, but uh, when it just but then you had like the Marvel's Avengers game with Square Enix and Mm -hmm. that was kind of a disaster. So and that my thing is that a wasted project on like a IP like, you know, that like that takes a lot of time. So that's like a notch on a studio's belt. Like that's it's not like making a game is making a movie where it's like, oh, it can only be like a year 
and then we're bounced back and we can make you know our passion project the next year yeah like no like you make a game it's a five year process at least nowadays and there are a lot of them i think that sometimes it's easy to forget some but there's also the guardians of the galaxy game that came from eidos there was also marvel's midnight Mm. suns which came from firaxis so these are opportunity costs i'm not saying that i would prefer to have other games than some of these i think that those last two that i mentioned were both very good and good examples of like just good studios being used where they're going to produce high quality things because the talent they have there is good but you never know what could have been as well yeah and that, that's my main thing is that it takes away from like the creative in terms of like original ip creation mm-hmm. which i think as we we i feel like we kind of notated it that it was going to be like this for this generation and it's going to be ip based sequel based mm-hmm. just even from playstation side of things with all the sequels but then now with Disney being more aggressive, it just feels like this generation is a little bit less creative than the last. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's definitely fair to say. Mm-hmm. Hopefully there will be a switch around, but we will see. I understand that things are more expensive. Clearly, that's being reflected in how Sony is viewing its hardware prices. And so because of that, things will probably be less risky for a bit. I wonder... Yeah, I mean... We even see that with Call of Duty with Modern Warfare 3 with just being Modern Warfare 2. I mean, that's true. But that was also supposed to originally be just a Modern Warfare 2 like large size expansion for mm-hmm. it was supposed to just be a second year of support. And then we were covering rumors about that throughout the course of last year saying how well, excuse me, how Activision kind of came together to get Sledgehammer on this and be like, this will kind of be a full release now. It is a full release. I don't know how it is going to be on November 10th when the game comes out, although I know it will come out in little bits. For example, we have the beta weekends, but the campaign will release a little early for those who pre-order the game, just like it did for Modern Warfare 2. But I mentioned these differences because now it is one app. So Call of Duty is just one app that you open. So I'm curious if it'll, I would imagine it'll just update into there. Something that I was mentioning with one of our uh, friends of the show is I wonder how trophy support is going to work. If it's the same. Oh, are we going to get a trophy like a platinum? That's what I was. I was like, is it going to be like a a kind of a DLC list? It might because I think I thought from my understanding, it's so it's good to get any information we can from Sony's back end. But from my understanding, when a game is going through certification, the app itself has like a limited number of points they can use on a trophy list. So that would be depending on how many golds, bronze, silvers they have. They have to allocate that. There was that one weird game that like maxed it out. I forgot mm-hmm. what it was. So they have to, it was like a train simulator, right? I think, yes. I think it was one of those simulator games that had like so many packs that it was mm-hmm. like the last pack released, but it didn't have any trophies because they maxed out. Yeah. So your game like at base will have that certain amount and then a platinum. But because this is the same app, I don't know if it would track differently. In my mind, it wouldn't. But I guess we'll find out. I hope it does. I feel like not having a platinum would be stinky. It would totally just it. It's something that I very much look for in a I mean, it's just a surprise to know, and it's something I look for in a full release, especially when I look at a smaller title and it doesn't have a platinum. Kind of puts me off of it. Maybe that's just a me thing. That's just an ick that I have that is probably unnecessary. But I'm like, I need my platinum. I need. I want. The, that's for the. I want the gold to work for. That's true, and I, I'm yeah. That's that's very much a, a trophy hunter thing. But I think that that matters. Mm-hmm. That definitely does matter. But 
I think also with it not having a platinum tie to it, which we don't know. This is obviously speculation. Um, it just kind of cheapens it in terms of being like, oh, this is really just DLC. I agree. I fully agree. That's something that you kind of just expect. Talking about smaller titles, too. Also wanted to give a shout out to Dredge, which I think is a sleeper hit, which I'm sure that we'll have an episode where we go through what our favorite games were of the year. I guarantee that will be on my list but dredge is getting an expansion called the pale reach looks pretty cool they released a trailer for it i'll probably dive back into it just because that was like such a fun and relaxing game so wanted to give that as a shout out if you haven't played that game definitely worth a shot it is a kind of resource management fishing game with some supernatural horror elements it's really good i think yeah definitely like you said sleeper up there with the game of the year honestly in terms of like being like individual and different. I also do think I didn't mention it when we were talking about our what we're playing section, but I have been playing a decent amount of Baldur's Gate. For me, I think that's no question game of the year. I don't know if that's me saying it's my favorite game, but of the games that I play that I thought would be game of the year contenders like Resident Evil 4, Dead Space, Tears of the Kingdom, Baldur's Gate, those like Baldur's Gate is the one to me that I eat easiest see even going into it kind of hesitant not being very familiar with that style of game i'm just like oh this is like this is baldur's gate is fucking awesome yeah so definitely would want to get more into that mm -hmm. the multiplayer is really good too the experience i've had with online co-op has been really good yeah i've been actually i was wondering if that would be a fun game to play co-op with pam maybe it would be very complex but maybe I feel like it's complex, but it's also simple. That's true. Yeah. In a sense where it's not uh, not hand-eye coordination based. Mm -hmm. I feel like somebody who's not... Which, I mean, she plays games. She played Cult of the Lamb, you know? Mm -hmm. so she's out here playing hardcore games now. But, uh, but I feel like it would be easier for her to like understand those concepts as opposed to like being like playing like war. Warzone with her and being like, what the fuck? Come on. You, gotta, you didn't see that guy yeah, right there? Yeah. You 360 no scope. You're not throwing her into Lies of P. I'm not throwing her into Lies of P. I mean, we barely made it out of cooking. Uh, what was the cooking? Dude, one? overcooked tears up every relationship. It's okay. Me and Liz are actually playing a way out right now. I saw that you redownloaded that. Mm -hmm. that that's what you, you're playing with her? Yeah, because we really enjoyed It Takes Two. So mm -hmm. we wanted to play something else like that. This is the other Joseph Ferris game by Hazelight Studios. So this, yeah, way out. I'm replaying it with her. I did originally play it and platinum it with Joel when it did release. But yeah, we just wanted to play that because it would be cool if there were more co-op titles just in general. I think that that studio has kind of like done it, I would argue, the best. I mean, It Takes Two is incredible. I know that you still got to like try it, but mm -hmm. it just is very seamless and very easy to play. It's very their games are very creative in what you're doing. I think the minute to minute gameplay, there's a lot of variety and they also gives you enough like agency where each person feels like they're still experiencing their own game. You know, like some co-op games, you'll be like, oh, you walked off the map. Now the other person gets teleported to you or it's like you have to play slow down so everyone sticks together. I don't feel like you have to do that in these games. Mm, yeah, that's cool. Like Gotham Knight. Yeah, Gotham Knights. I don't know. I haven't tried that online. I played a little bit single player and I was like, this is mid. That's like all I have. I love the Arkham games, but I was like, this isn't that good. Also, hopefully Suicide Squad releases and is good. Yeah, I, I would like that game to be good. I would like it to be a good like live service game and hopefully they retool it or 
all the season one or not year one content is like day one content. Mm. Yeah, so that'd be nice for that. I agree. That would be solid. But I think those are the big ticket items. I don't know if I've got too much else. Is there anything else you wanted to discuss? We already discussed the Horizon Forbidden West Complete Edition. We discussed that. Yes, that will be including the Burning Shores expansion. I still believe it's also coming on two discs. Mm. Is it the first like PlayStation five game on two discs? First PlayStation five that's coming out on two discs because mm. it's going to release before Final Fantasy seven rebirth. But that was rebirth was the first one to be announced to be on two discs. Got it. OK, that's the first one coming out. So, you know, for those collectors out there, you will have the actual game on your disc. Mm. Yeah, and then I think pretty much all else I see here as a side note is Mortal Kombat 1. I love it, and rumor is that Ghostface could be a character. That'd be pretty sick. But Is that the guy from Scream? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, so that would be sick. That is like a tease or a rumor, so I don't know how true that is. But of course, the Combat Pack 1 with Ermac, Quan Chi, Homelander, Omni-Man, and Peacekeeper, and uh, Takeda. I'll be really excited to play that, so. I'm, I mean, I love mm-hmm. MK1. I uh, didn't know that Shao Kahn would be my main, but he's absolutely my main. Like, that's who nice. I play as every time. I say Shao, Shao Kahn. Kong. They changed his name to General Shao, but I'm not going to call him General Shao. It sounds like fucking General Shao Chicken. Like, I'm going to call him Shao Kahn. <laughs> his name is Shao Kahn. I don't, even though they did the reimagining, I'm not going to call him something Do else. you think they did that on purpose? Like, for like, because I feel like Ed Boon leans into camp. I think that... The way I understood it was the reason why he's not called Shao Kahn is because in this version, he's not a conqueror. He is a general, like literally of an army within Edenia in this one, but he's not like a conqueror, the main baddie. So I think that's why he's not called Shao Kahn in this one. Okay, so he changed to General Sachik. Yeah, exactly. Mm, That's good. But uh, yeah, I I feel like that's all I got for this week's Mm. episode of Gopher Bronze. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like is there any other thing you want to you want to leave the people with uh, a warm note about the future about PlayStation? We're losing our fearless leader in Jim Ryan. Enjoy. What, you, what can you say mm. to make everybody feel better, Mark? Enjoy Halloween. Get some. Enjoy your pumpkin spice items. Enjoy your pumpkin pies. Decorate your place for fall. Get a good costume. Hang, pumpkin beer. Hang out with your friends. Yeah, get some pumpkin beer. Right. Play some maybe Halloween games or watch some Halloween movies. You've got. Alan Wake 2 is coming out at the end of the month. Maybe you can hop into the Dark Pictures Anthology House of Ashes. I haven't played it. I do have it, or we do have it. And that is what was reviewed as the best one of that first season. So it's mm-hmm. definitely worth playing. I believe that's the one with Ashley Tisdale, who stars oh. in that one. And that one takes place, I think you're playing as a military like squadron that falls through kind of like a cave and discovers an ancient kind of like civilization underneath in like this mm-hmm. cave pathway but that that does look good so yeah i would say just enjoy enjoy halloween right i mean you got the holidays coming up so make use of it definitely holiday halloween is definitely a um a holiday that gets better as you get older yeah i think so i'd agree with that but uh, yeah, I mean, I think for me, Halloween gaming, you're talking about that. You know, it's it's kind of pulling me and making me want to pull the trigger on some Red Dead Redemption is the Undead. Mm. I never played that. And it's really good. 60 frames. It's very good. It's really good. Yeah. I remember so, I maybe? have the, well, 
I'd have to check, but I remember that that was a time on PS3 and 360 where some expansions would get physical releases, and Undead mm-hmm. Nightmare had a physical release, and I remember thinking the cover was sick. Yeah, so maybe I might get into that, mm-hmm. but uh, that, that's all, folks. Yeah, thanks for listening to the show. I'll give you a little beautiful exit message, but thanks for being here. Hopefully we'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the show. We hope you enjoyed it. If that wasn't a total waste of your time, consider leaving us a review on the service that you're listening on as it really helps us out. If you'd like to be a part of the show, feel free to reach out to us on any of the socials linked in the episode notes. You can reach us with your questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, and ideas. Until next time, don't forget to keep breathing.